Shalom, friends. Welcome to the Empowered Jewish Living Podcast. How are you doing today? If you are listening to this on Passover 2022, I hope that your first part of Passover, your first part of Pesach, your Siddharim were inspiring, were uplifting, that you felt the freedom leaving Egypt all over again, whatever your place of constriction is in your life. If you're listening to this after Passover, hopefully you're listening to this in the middle of the time period called Svirat Omer, because that is what this episode is all about. It's a brilliant, incredible time of year, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, there's so much potential. We're counting every single day getting closer and closer to the holiday of Shavuot, where the Jewish people stood at Mount Sinai to receive the Torah. And that means that there is so much abundance available. There's so much Shefa, there's so much heavenly flow available for all of us during this time. We have to be wide awake and have our eyes open, our hearts open, our hands ready to receive from all of the gifts that the Almighty is ready to shine and rain down upon us. We have a wonderful episode for you today. My guest is a very special Jew from Jerusalem, Benji Elson, and we are talking all about Svirat HaOmer. Benji Elson, LMSW, is a psychotherapist, Torah educator, and author living in Jerusalem, where he has a private therapy practice specializing in trauma, anxiety, and depression. He also is a senior therapist at Genesis Jerusalem, a premier mental health clinic with a residential program for the treatment of addictions and substance use. Benji gives a weekly share about the healing cycle of the Jewish calendar and Jewish wisdom to young professionals in Jerusalem. His book, Dance of the Omer, which is really what we're going to be speaking about in this episode, is a widely popular aid for inspiring self-transformation during Sfirat Omer and people all around the world. It was a real pleasure speaking with Benji. For those of you who listened to the last podcast, you know that we gave kind of this Kabbalistic introduction to this time period called Svirata Omer, and we get into it again in this podcast, but Benji has a, such a unique way, a unique approach, a unique story as to how he developed his approach of how to look at Svirata Omer week by week. What are we supposed to be thinking about? What are we supposed to be working on? And uh, he shares it with us in such an eloquent and moving way. So you're really going to enjoy this. It will really add so much, so much to your Svirata Omer and help you understand many other concepts within Judaism. So I'm excited to share this with you. I felt privileged to have Benji on to become friends with him through the podcast. So it really is a great pleasure. This podcast is a project of the Lev Experience. Please check us out at levx.org and please help support the podcast. You can sponsor an episode. You can pick up a copy of my book, The Four Elements of an Empowered Life, back in print, and share the podcast, share it with others, like it, rate it, subscribe to it, do all of those things. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. My name is Shlomo Buxbaum, and I'd love to connect with you there. As for now, let's do this. Let's enjoy this very special podcast with Benji Elson on the healing power of the Omer. This is the Empowered Jewish Living Podcast, where we explore the beauty of Judaism, the depth of Jewish wisdom, and how to live a more empowered life. 
What a great privilege to have on the Empowered Jewish Living Podcast, a very special Jew from, is it Yushalayim? Yushalayim. From Yushalayim, Benji Elson. Welcome to the Empowered Jewish Living Podcast. Hello, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So it's exciting. It's exciting to speak to you. We're coming now into the time of Svirata Omer. And who better to have than you, Benji? Your, your book is literally from the front cover to the back. It's a work of art and everything in between. Uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to read and a pleasure to look at. And even just, just to have it sit on the shelf is inspiring. But even like once you open it up, the words just fly off the page. So thank you for this incredible uh, contribution to Jewish literature. Wow, you're welcome. Thank you. Okay, so Benji, introduce yourself to the listeners. We, we don't all know who you are. Um, I do, and I've been following you for quite some time, going back from that time that we, I think, met in passing at our mutual friend, Ravdober Cohn's house, as I think when we met the first time. Um, but tell, tell the listeners a little bit about you. Running in. Who... Running in. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's it. Okay, so uh, my name is Benji Elson. I am a psychotherapist, a musician, an author, apparently, um, a transformational experiential educator, a, a Torah environmental educator also. Um, I have a private practice in Jerusalem, and I also work with Genesis Jerusalem, which is, we're just getting off the ground right now. It's a brand new state-of-the-art uh, mental health facility with uh, wow. a residential component for addiction treatment. And, um, and we have a great team and we're opening our doors in the next few weeks. So that's very exciting. That's really exciting. Genesis Jerusalem. Wow. The website's up yet? No, not up yet. Not All up right. Yet. We'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for that. But the couches are in the office. <laughs> that's the most important, getting those couches warmed up. <laughs> for everyone to feel comfortable. <laughs> now I have to ask you, because I'm sure that there's a, somewhat of a story behind this. So I noticed that your, your, um, your Instagram uh, profile, I think your Instagram name is also the name of your publishing house, uh, your own publishing house, which is Mystical Skeptic. And I guess that probably a good way to learn about maybe uh, at least the way you you process the world might be to ask you about what's behind that name, Mystical Skeptic. Yeah, thank you for that question. Uh, so Mystical Skeptic, uh, it's, it's um, I don't know where, where it'll go exactly, a movement, a uh, publishing house, uh, a band name, uh, you know, maybe it'll have uh, a bunch of different outlets, but but basically that that I really feel that everyone has to be a mystic and everyone has to be a skeptic. And what I mean by that is is that everyone and and both of those are kind of the same thing. They're both different ways of looking at the world and realizing that there's actually something deeper, right? So so the mystics are obsessed with experience. And not just the experience on a, on a tangible, physical level, but, but going deeper and, and really uh, seeing that there's a layer that, that more than meets the eye. And the skeptic is, is similar, where you have to question everything that, that you see, everything that, that you hear, to, to really get to the root of it, to really discern uh, what's true, what's not. Um, and so kind of both of them, and that's, and that's the mental, the mental side, the intellectual capacity. So, 
So um, that's kind of, you know, the dance of, of using the heart and the mind and experience and uh, to, to get in touch with, with a deeper reality that, that, that is here in this world, thank God. Yeah, yeah, meaning the skeptic is not trying to rebel. The skeptic is not trying to reject. The skeptic is saying, you know what? You can't just take things just surface value. There's got to be that next step. We got to go a little bit deeper. And the skeptic really brings out the mystic, it makes way, opens the door for the mystic to come in and, and you know, answer those questions. Exactly, exactly. And, and a lot of people ask, like, like what is skeptic? And uh, and I and I usually ask them. I'm like, well, do you do you mean cynic? Are you are you against the word cynic? Because because that's not what I mean. Right. Like a right. Cynic is someone that's questioning with a with a negative or a or a um, a, a distrustful uh, attitude towards people and towards the world. And and the skeptic doesn't have that same that same negative uh, tendency. It's uh, it's just like curious, you know. Curiosity. I love it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And it works so well. It just looks so well, the way the logo is just placed on, on, on the book. It's really, it's, it's, it's lovely. It's lovely. Let's talk a little bit about the background of the book, because I feel like if we understand where the book is coming from, and again, you'll explain a little bit of the structure of the book, but I think if we understand, I think that the introduction of how you came to writing the book is probably really the best way to introduce what Svirasa Omer is all about. So go for it. Tell us how did this book come about and, and, and where were you in your life? Like what every, every book has a story behind it. So what is that story? Yeah, thank you. So, um, so it was a few years ago and I was in a difficult, difficult time in my life, pretty dark. Um, not gonna go into the exact details, but, uh, but so Pesach was coming and, and I knew exactly what my Mitzrayim was, what my Egypt was, and the narrowness that I was in. And, and, but, I, but, you know, I'm, I'm a therapist. I, I have a lot of tools in, in my back pocket, and, and nothing was really working. You know, trying this, trying that. Um, and I was, still, I was still very stuck. So, so I decided I'm, I'm also very connected to, to the, the cycle of the year. Uh, as, a, as a side note, um, one of one of the the thoughts that I've been thinking about for years, every ancient culture has a healing art, right? There's yoga, there's Ayurveda, there's uh, Native American shamanistic practices, there's all sorts of things, and we've been around for quite a long time. We're we're an ancient tradition, so so what's our healing art? Mm. So I get a lot of answers. Prayer, of course, is is one of them, and that and that's very very healing. But uh, the answer that that I that I think is is the calendar, and by really tapping into the calendar and going through the calendar, the Jewish calendar with intention and focus, you're able to we're called to experience all of the spec, full spectrum of human emotion, states of being, consciousnesses, uh, attitudes, um, from joy to mourning to intense focus to play to you know, all, all, all of these states of being. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm very connected to that. And I, I love that. that. Thank you. And, uh, and, and Pesach was coming and I knew what my Mitzrayim was. And so I said, you know what? Sefirat Omer is, is, is a powerful, potent time. And, and, I, and I have always been connected to it. So, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to write a Facebook post every day. And so what I did was, was on my lunch break, I went out to a nearby park, the same bench every day. 
And I was looking around the world, you know, watching spring develop through through these months. And um, and I would find a picture that, that was like a beautiful picture. And I would sit there for about an hour, hour and a half and write and write and write about the the energies of the spirit that, that I was perceiving, that I was experiencing. And I would post it on, on Facebook very, very raw. And and uh, and it got a little attraction and uh, people started commenting and, and which which gave me a lot of fuel. And through sitting with the energies and the days and the spirit, and um, I was really able to to tap into them in a, in a much deeper way for myself. So the next year, um, I went through those posts. I gathered them, and I I went through a little bit of of edits and kind of reposted them mostly how they were. Um, and then the next year was. Da, 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 the first lockdown of COVID. <laughs> right. So, so uh, we were all stuck at home, and I had a lot, lot more time on my hands. So I took, I took those out, and um, and I wrote about five hours every day. Um, so that was that was a really powerful experience. And and it, when I when I first you know started posting on Facebook, I didn't think I was going to write a book. But uh, by that third year, I had already thought about turning it into a book. And then, uh, and then the rest of, from that Sphere of the next one, I, I edited it and, and worked on it and, and published a book from it. Yeah, and that was last year. That was last year. I'm, I'm curious to know, do you think that when you're sitting there, you're in, a, you're in this dark place, you're on the bench, and you're thinking about the Spheros and you're writing it, was it, was it the fact that you started connecting with other people in that way you took on the role of being a teacher was it the fact that because you were putting these ideas down on paper you feel that you were just more deeply connecting to kind of the divine energy of the time what what do you think it was that caused that transformation through the writing there definitely sitting every day and really meditating on the energies and going deep into the process um, and kind of allowing allowing myself to 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 melt into um, into the process and 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 kind of sitting there every day you know it was like okay today is the next day and, the, and these energies are here and and so I, I, I was forced to, to go through a, a shift and a transformation and take another step and take another step and take another step. Powerful. Okay, so I mean, I'm assuming all of the all of our listeners out there, you know, for those of you who are unaware, you know, we, we have these seven weeks over here, beginning with Passover, ending with Shavuot, and it's called Sefirata Omer, which literally means counting of the Omer. The Omer is a, was a sacrifice that was brought on Passover, and it launches us into a counting period, and that's literally what we do. We count every single evening. If you miss it, you can count during the day, but you count every single evening. And it's a forward moving count that takes us through these 49 days from 
Pesach, from Passover to Shavuot. What you might have noticed in Benji's opening answer is that he's referencing the Sefirot, not the way we would translate it as counting, but the Sefirot as the divine emanations and how the various weeks that we count also connect to the Sefirot. So Benji, I guess maybe just for our audience, let's just sort of clarify a little bit of what you mean by the Sefirot and why are we counting them? Okay, so the Sefirot, the Sefirot are, according to the Kabbalists, the basic building blocks of all of creation, all of reality. Uh, they're basically the 10 uh, spheres of divine emanation. I like to think of them as fractals, right? Sacred geometry and fractals, that there's fractals within fractals within fractals and all of, all of reality. Yes. I'm still trying to figure out what fractals are. I feel like they're shapes that have like no real explanation to what they are. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Yeah. One of those words that sound good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and, and, so, and so the spirit come, come out into, they manifest in, in ourselves as human beings in nature, in the way that the divine uh, emanates and, and manifests in reality. And this happens on a physical realm, on a on an emotional realm, spiritual, intellectual, metaphysical realms. So, so, so that's that. This is a template uh, that that we see very often. That there's there's seven that are more manifest, and three that are more hidden. And so, in this division of ten and three, there's the three what what they're called as mochin, which is connected to the divine uh, consciousness. Uh, and then there's the seven more manifest, um, they're called midot or, or, or personality or character attributes, um, which are more tangible and felt. And, uh, and this, this, this happens in, in all the ways that the spirit come out into the world. One interesting manifestation of this is that um, there are 10 uh, celestial bodies in, in the world in, in astrology and Jewish astrology but only seven of them were visible to the human eye. Wow. And so three were actually only discovered, you know, Galileo, I think was, you know, with the telescope was the first to discover one of them, but, but only the past 100, 150 years was, was the last one discovered, um, which, which, is, which is really, really nice because it also reflects the idea that, that, uh, that, that uh, divine consciousness and, and the, the evolution of, of the world and spiritual consciousness is always continuing and always happening. Um, and you see those patterns everywhere. You see those patterns everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so we focus during Sphere at the Omer, we focus on the seven that are, that are more, uh, more revealed. Um, and, and uh, yeah. So that means that means so and the, the beauty of of your book uh, is that these seven lower sefirot we'll call them the ones that are that are not the mochin these can be observed and they can be practiced and they can be fine tuned by really just looking at some of our most simple character traits. So for those people that are and and we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about them individually but you know for those who are you know, just beginning these practices. So we'll go through them and you'll see that, yeah, it's, it's the character traits that you're already working on in your life. You know, they will fall into one of these seven categories called the Sefirot. 
And then, you know, the more advanced that you become at this, they'll turn into more advanced med meditations. You'll start seeing them as the hand of God in creation. You'll start seeing more aspects of the Sufi road and how they manifest in all sorts of different ways, you know, as, as, as Benji, as you were just saying. So I think that's that's the, the, the brilliance of your book. By the way, why do you call it the dance of the Omer? Why, why did you choose dance? Yeah. Um, dancing is really important. Um, it's, uh, it's it, it, you know, it's playing with different titles. It could be, you know, it, it, it's more than just walking. It's more than just hiking up a hill or hiking up to the top of Mount Sinai. Um, dancing is connected to, to health and to healing. Um, a depressed person can't dance. Um, dancing itself requires the ability to kind of step into the unknown and, and kind of be okay with not knowing where the next foot is going to fall. Um, being willing to trip, <laughs> um, fall over. And, and it's really, it's, dancing is, is just so, so important. And, and all of life is, is a dance. Um, and, well, maybe we'll we'll get we'll get a little bit more into it soon, but but uh, the book follows kind of the dance of of waters, and uh, and water is always dancing all around us, the up the dance of the upper waters and lower waters, and so. Yeah, I and I just if you're listening to this, if you're just listening and you haven't seen the book, the cover of Benji's book, you have to pause now and just take a look at the cover. And this beautiful cover of you have over here um, the the diagram of the Sefirot, which if you haven't seen it, you just got to see what that image looks like. It's called the Tree of Life image, and it's kind of it's a series of circles that are interconnected because the circles represent the different Sefirot and 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 how they relate to each other, how these different character traits, how they dance together. And then you have a man and a woman who are kind of, I don't know, do we call those silhouettes? Or I don't even know how to properly describe it. And they're kind of dancing on top of these circles, almost like, you know, I'm thinking of like, you know, when you go into like those amusement parks and, you know, the things light up and you have to kind of dance and jump from one to the other. And it's such a, that is such a powerful image, right? I mean, here, you, you know, you have a human being dancing and trying to dance on the right circles and trying to really like light up the, the proper sefira, the proper energy that is relevant to that week, but also what they need in their own life. It's really cool. Thank you. Thank you. And the colors are awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, my Shmuley Bell, if you're looking for a great graphic designer, Shmuley Bell here in Jerusalem, he's wow. a wizard. Yeah, yeah, really pulled it off. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so now I'm going to give you the the daunting task, the daunting task of you know of from a high level. Can you kind of take us through what is the starting point here? How does it break down, and 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 what is the ultimate goal? Which you which you did mention earlier when you spoke about Malchut, but where is the starting point, and and where are we going with all this? Okay, here we go. <laughs> 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 okay, so so first, I think I think we need another introduction about about Sfirat Omer in general and the Omer, which which you mentioned uh, which you mentioned a few minutes ago. So so really, the this whole period of time was was uh, bookmarked by two different uh, offerings. The second day of Pesach, we brought the Omer offering, which which was from barley. 
At the end of uh, Shavuot, we bring another offering similar of from wheat, and, and it's actually the barley is just kind of grain or uh, flour, uh, meal is what they, what they call it. And on Shavuot is two loaves of, of luscious baked, you know, sour, sourdough bread, actually, because all of the ancient bread was sourdough, hmm. which, which connects to, to Pesach and Matzah, but that's for another, uh, another time. That's by the way, it's so interesting because I feel like now sourdough is like only like the hardcore bakers are doing sourdough, but you're saying back then that's what they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the only, the, if you don't have a grocery store to buy a packet of, of, of uh, yeast, how are you going to make uh, bread? How are you going to okay. make leaven bread? So you need a sourdough starter, which which is what the Torah, that's Saor in the Torah. Right, so right. Get rid of the sourdough starter. Right. But we digress. So, so barley was brought at the beginning. And barley uh, in the ancient world was was animal food. It was cheaper. It was it was cheaper because it was easier to grow. It's a hardier grain in the in the in the field. Uh, it also it also ripens uh, a little bit earlier. Uh, the Torah tells us this during the the plague of of of, uh, of hail that the all the barley in the field was destroyed because it was it was uh, it was in the field and this was right before the the time of Pesach. So, so barley is an animal food, and and anciently or traditionally, wheat is human food. You don't, you you wouldn't serve wheat to animals. And so, kind of what this process is is going from barley to wheat, and going from our animal baser selves to becoming human. And and that's that's really what Sefirat Amr is all about. It's this process of becoming more human. And and one of the amazing ways of doing that is through the counting of, of Sfirotam and, and with the help of, of the, the template or guide map of, of the Sfirot. And um, the way that, that, that this book, uh, the, the template that the book uses is kind of, it it's follows the waters that come out from, from Eden, from Gan Eden which the Torah tells us that there was this river that broke off into four and to water, to water the world. And, and it follows that, which, which went into the barley, right? Meta metaphorically went into the barley uh, on Pesach, then goes back into the world. It goes through the water cycle, right? So the waters of Eden go through the water cycle and then go back into the earth and become the wheat of, of uh, Shavuot. And so each of the weeks and each of the svirot uh, are connected to a stage in the water cycle and kind of the dance of the water cycle. And I think, I think this uh, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a powerful way of introducing the svirot in general because it's quite a tangible, a tangible way. So maybe I'll maybe I'll run through the the water cycle and then we can start. Absolutely, but I just want to comment on just one thing that you said that I loved it when I read it and I loved it when you said it, and that is the idea of becoming more human. Because I think that often within the the Torah environment, I think we often speak about becoming more godly, becoming more godly, becoming more godly, and that maybe when we talk about it in that language, maybe it seems somewhat like out there, abstract beyond our reach. And when you say becoming more human, you mean becoming more 
human, like Selim Elohim, like humans are in the image of God, like humans are awesome. Like we're we're trying to become more human, like to really reach our potential. And this whole idea, this imagery of like, we are the wheat and, and, and we're nourishing from this water that's coming from the Garden of Eden. Like it really, it's, it, it's an empowering sort of language. And I, I, I love the way you say it. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And, and it's also, um, you know, when, when we really become human and really uh, tap into our identity, from the bottom up, then, then kind of like the Garden of Eden, then we, then we have fruit to offer to the world and to Hashem and to, to our, the people in our lives and all those things. Yeah. So now break down the steps. So we need seven of these. Okay. So the first sphere is, is chesed, which is usually translated as loving kindness. Um, it's the energy of giving, of generosity, of flow, of flow. So the first week is, is the week of Chesed, and that's connected to the rivers, to the, the river of Eden, of Gan Eden, that's coming down and, and flowing, which is, which is really the energy of Chesed, um, of, of generosity, of, of flow, of, of giving. And so the river goes down to the sea. That's where it goes. And the sea is, is Gevura. Um, a sea is, the sea is a powerful place. Gevura means strength. Uh, the sea is a place of power, but very interestingly, the, the reason why it's powerful is because of the shores that surround it. Without the shores, it would just be a river or just, you know, the, the, its energy would, would dissipate. And so, so it's really our strong boundaries and defining our boundaries and, and, and all of that get, that give us strength. So, so the waters flow into the river, into the, into the, into the sea, which is Kavura. And then at a certain point, they evaporate and they become the wind and the clouds of, of deferet, of balance and of harmony. And, and the, the winds are the great harmonizers and mixers of the world. You know, the winds can carry particles from one side of the world to the other, the, the canopy of, of, uh, of clouds and, and uh, protection from, from the elements, which is another aspect of deferet. And, then eventually the wind and the and the clouds condense and they become the storm of Netzach. And Netzach is really, it's usually translated as, as victory. I think a, um, a, a more precise translated translation is, is, um, is endurance, perseverance, perseverance, um, more focused energy. Uh, and that's, so that's the storm. And then eventually the storm breaks and rain falls. And that's the hood, the surrendering, the ability to, to be curious, um, the ability to see beauty in the world, mist and rainbows and fog and, and, um, and, and uh, the ability to, to be humble. Uh, and so the rain falls and, and the rain seeps into the earth, which is Yisod, which is translated as foundation. Um, and uh, we'll get into that a little bit more later. And it seeps into the earth, but that's not that's not the final place of, of the water. Eventually it, it finds its way to the roots into the garden and, and they become the garden, the garden of Eden again. And that's Malchut. Beauty, bringing it right back to Eden, which I love. I love again, I love that, that we're all rooting this in 
that ultimate human experience, which is getting back to the garden, getting back to, to, to Gan Eden. Okay, so now Shlomo Buxbaum is entering into week number one, and now I am the river. So what am I doing this week? High level, I'm opening myself up to chesed. I'm opening myself up to the river. I'm thinking about it. Give me, give me at least one practice that I'm going to be working on now as the river flowing out of Eden in the week of chesed. Right. Okay. Great. So, so hopefully everyone that's listening has has been at the Pesach Seder. If you weren't this year, you have next year. Don't worry. <laughs> but um, and that the Seder night is is kind of this this peak experience, this this download of of you know connecting to our past, our identity, uh, an experience of freedom, of of royalty, of of uh, you know, it's a magical night that 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 uh, is, there's no other night like it. Um, but then the next day comes, and that peak experience, like all peak experiences, dissipates. And so the the uh, the focus of the the goal of the week of Chesed is really stepping into openness and stepping into flow. To not um, to just be open to new possibilities, because um, before we can discover anything new about ourselves, about the world, we have to be open to uh, to discovering things. We have to be open to possibilities, and and that and that takes work. That takes practice. And so that the first week in the book, there's all these different uh, exercises. Some are movement. Some are meditations um, to really get us to to step into flow and openness. Okay, so now it's the river. So now again, I'm opening myself up to possibilities. Hopefully I'm inspired. And now I'm taking that inspiration. I'm saying, okay, now I I want to open myself up and really genuinely believe that I could start again, that there's freshness in my life, that there's a that that there can be a new version of Shlomo Buxbaum that's now opening up because of all of the power and all of the shefa and all the divine energy that has come through. And that's going to be my, my emphasis for the first week, chesed, the flowing river, okay? Now, take me into the week of gvura. This is now, it's coming into this body of water that has boundaries. What's my focus, week number two? Right, right. So the focus of week number two, so after we step into flow, we, uh, it's kind of like we, un- when we're able to uncork the, the bottle, then we're able to connect to our strength. So that's on one side. The other side is that, is that really to be able to connect to our strength, we have to really be- come into a healthy relationship with our boundaries. And, and when we come into healthy relationship with our boundaries, we actually discover a, a, a deeper sense of self. Another, another facet of this is discipline, right? So, so we, we develop strength through, through being disciplined. And so what that means is, is there's all these options in front of me, but at this point in this time, I, I, I really become disciplined and put up a boundary around you know, I checking Facebook one more time. <laughs> That's even, you know, or Instagram or TikTok, I guess, is what the, what the kids are playing with these days. <laughs> mm. um, and and um, and so so on a on a base level, just like even carving out time to really to really be focused and disciplined. Um, another example might be learning how to say no. 
right? That's that's really really crucial. To if we don't learn how to how to healthfully and and properly say no, then then we're just always going to be depleted of energy of of our strength of our of our kavua. All right, let's go. So now week three. Now we are at this place of evaporating waters turning into clouds. The wind to ferret is the the harmony. You know, kind of. I'm thinking about like the rising up of the waters, you know, looking at things from that place, but how, what is a practice or what is the overall focus within this third week of Tiferet? Right. So, so the week of Tiferet, well, actually before that, another, another facet, uh, each week it gets deeper and deeper and more and more facets as, as the spheres kind of, so to speak, mature, sure. right? So they more complex. And, um, and so another facet of the glory is, is, is getting rid of uh, cutting off those sources of suffering, right? Which is kind of like, like the seashore and, the, and saying no and, and all those things. And so when we do that, we can get to Teferet. And Teferet is, is, um, is balance, but it's, 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 it's about healing. And, and I went back to talk about removing the sources of our suffering because actually healing doesn't doesn't happen when we when we uh, remove the sources of our suffering but healing happens when we integrate those experiences healing a healed person is someone that can that that doesn't have the trauma trigger responses right and so can finally go back to that same situation and not have those same responses and to be able to do that really requires a, a deep integration of of our parts of our experiences, and and so that's that's what the week of Teferet is is really about. Um, it's about connecting to dreams, relearning how to dream, uh, hopes, um, and 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 the reason why it's connected to balance is is that is that uh, that that's what integration is all about, right? The left side and the right side, and being able to dance again and, and, and balance yourself, that's, um, that's, that's a, a stage uh, in the healing process. So this really kind of this, this new me is really kind of emerging here. When I was in the first week, I was, I was open to it. I was open to it. And now I'm seeing kind of the, the development, the developmental aspect happen, happen more and more. And now I'm, I'm really letting go of the past, letting go to the things that I had to say no to in the week of Gura. And now what, what emerges after that? You know, that's, that's kind of what's happening, what it sounds, at least to me, what's happening here in the third week. Okay, right. Netzach, yeah, carry on. And, and there's, um, when, when we heal, we, we have the ability to see a, a, a new or brighter future. And we can even see a new or brighter version of ourselves. And, and connect more deeply to our truer self. And so that's what we can Yes, and I just had a light bulb as you said that, because I think chesed, I think in the beginning of the process, sometimes when we're starting the process, we don't know where the road is going, right? We're, we're, we're starting off the journey confidently, knowing that something good will happen, even though I don't know how that looks yet. But eventually, once I'm already on the journey, and once I've started dealing with all the stuff that happened on that journey, now suddenly I can say, okay, now I'm ready for a vision. But, uh, you know, it, it started off as endless possibilities. 
and now I can, you know, lock in on something. Right, exactly. Awesome. That's great. Okay, good. So now take me into Netzach. I'm thinking over here now storms, the clouds, are, I'm thinking thunder, lightning. Okay, great. So, so now, we're, now we're transitioning uh, into the legs, right? Netzach is connected to the right leg. Um, we haven't even touched them. There's just so many. There, we can't cover everything. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Uh, and 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 um, and what what that means is 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 taking uh, steps into the world and 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 starting to really connect to our purpose. And this is already week four, right? So so it's it's a long slow process. It's actually quite quick because we're counting every day. Um, and, and I, and I so think that over here, we're really, what we're trying to do in these seven weeks is we're really trying to cram everything into a short time, understanding that this is really just, you know, kind of, it's, it's in a sense also a pregame for a much bigger life journey, but we're simulating the steps in some way. Right, right. It's, it's like a couple of months, it's like a, you know, a, 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 a couple of month uh, meditation course or a workshop or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for, for interrupting you. Carry on. No, no. So, um, okay. So, so then we get to Netzach and it's, it's only after we've healed that we can be more precise in what our purpose is. Often, oftentimes, and, and, and we can become the storm and the storm is actually what brings the rain, right? Like, like, okay, there's, there's, there's dangerous parts of the storm also, but the storm is, is really what, what, the purpose of the storm is, is to start bringing the rain. And what happens often is that when we start moving without being healed, or at least somewhat healed, then then our trajectory or, or our, our, uh, our, our point or our aim might be off and usually is off, <laughs> right? And so once, once we heal, we can become more precise and um, and and intentioned in in uh, in our purpose and where we're going, and so in Netzach we we only start that right. Um, we the, the we we start trying to figure out where our purpose is, and we but and before that we start developing endurance and perseverance and and um, and building the energy to do that. <laughs> yes, I feel like very much over there. For the once, once you have that vision that you developed over there during that third week, now already you can say, what, what, what you know, what do they call like single-minded focus? You know, or now I could say, okay, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna lock in on this, and I can narrow my focus onto that one thing. And once I narrow that focus, you know, like they say, with like when you, when, when when you're overloaded with debt. So, you know, you got like multiple credit card debts flying out the window. So they say, you know, even though this might not necessarily in theory make the most sense, but if you can pay off one credit card, right? Or I tell my kids in school, you know, if they're struggling, thank God my kids, they do well in school. But they say with, with students in general, like if you find that you're overwhelmed, you know, by school, like lock in, lock in on that, on that one subject and say like you know come the hell the high water i'm like this even if i'm letting everything else go right but i'm gonna master this one thing so are you kind of saying that maybe netzach is about figuring going in with that you know that stormy single-minded focus and say like you know in this area i'm just i'm gonna dominate yeah yeah totally and also with that is is 
realizing and becoming okay with failing because then that is we're, that's where endurance comes from that's where resilience comes from that's where perseverance comes from and, and as opposed to burnout right so um so really a, a part of becoming the storm is is being be, learning to become okay with failing and missing the mark a bit and, and so we play with with that idea a lot during this week yeah yeah one of one of the uh one of the teachings in of that week which which i i feel is really powerful is is redefining winning we the reason why the reason why we're not winning is because we need to redefine what winning is we need to find redefine what that goal is um and we can only redefine that goal once we become okay with having failed mm-hmm mm. For, it's just, as you say, whenever I think of Netzach, I'm, I always think, like, working on Netzach, I always, like, have, like, the eye of the tiger playing in the back of my head, like, dun, <laughs> dun, 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 um, but yes, but that, what you just said, my gosh, what you just said is such a, such a powerful point, and that is that so much of why we might view ourselves as failures or successes is because we sort of have this very generic definition of you know what it means to succeed i can only succeed if it da, 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 looks like this and for us our having our own definition of what success looks like for us will motivate us to be able to 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 be that storm to be that storm and go out and grab it and get it and get it yeah. that's such a great character Net- netzach has always always fired me up very much as it should Okay, fine. So now we've got the storm. Now we're moving to a much softer trait, and that is the trait of Hod, which is now the rainfall. Right. Hod is, is empathy rainfall. and yeah. Okay, so right. what's my focus? Right. So 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 it's the rain, it's the fog, it's the mist, it's the rainbows, it's it's kind of all the all the the, the various precipitations in the air and and after when we've kind of healed in a way healed our our um, motivations behind our perseverance and behind our goals and 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 what we're trying to be victorious about um, we we are able to soften a bit as you said we're able to soften and and become more curious and open up to the unknown and and so which which even further deepens our ability to to really discover our purpose right so netzach we've started to discover our purpose hod is the is netzach is the right leg hod is the left leg so we kind of take our our second step down this path and and we become curious um which allows us to to see our own reflection in the mist but also to gaze into the fog with being okay with not seeing the end of the road. Um, and it also allows us to see the beauty of the rainbow. And so Hod is kind of the splendor. Um, it's really opening, opening ourselves up to being surprised, to being wowed, uh, and to seeing, to seeing beauty in the world and beauty in our lives. I, I always think of it as like, you know, if you are, go, are you're taking a road trip and you have this destination that you want to get to, 
and you want to get there you know you don't want you want it to take the least amount of time so you want to get in the car and you want to you know if it drive 75 80 miles an hour and you want to take the fastest possible route and you want to get there and and you know be very very intentional and deliberate about that however if when you're driving off the side of the road you see this beautiful view and you're just going to say ah, i made up that i'm going to get there by 10 and i'm going to miss that like you're you're missing the boat you're missing the boat and and and, and you do have to you know kind of slow down and see that but if you don't have Netzach, if it doesn't come after Netzach, if you don't have a set intention as to, then you're never going to get to your destination because, you know, you're, you're just not going to get there because you're always going to be distracted by this and this and this and this. I, I think relaxing, I don't know, maybe tell me if you think this falls into this category, but like, if you are relaxing without a destination, hey, I just have to chill now. And there's no real, there's no real boundaries in this case to how you're going to chill so you end up binge watch binge watching netflix and then you feel like a piece of garbage afterwards you scroll on your instagram and you read just another will smith hitting chris rock article i think i just gave away when we're recording this even though it's not going to be posted you know for another while but that just you know we just dated ourselves um but um but if you say okay no no, no. I know my destination i know where i'm going i know what my goals are for the week i know what my goals are for the day but I really just need to stop for 10 minutes and I just need to chill out because otherwise I'm going to collapse. Now the hood has, has complemented the Netzach. That's, that's, that's beautiful. That's the analogy of, of driving down the road and, and pausing to, or, or even taking a, a side road that, you know, the scenic route. Yeah. You know, if you that, amazing. That's, that's, yes, uh, I'm a big fan of the, of the scenic route. And one one more thing about sure. about hood. So so when we're able to to do that, to surrender a bit, to become more curious, to become more open to being surprised, um, we are able to start developing or stepping into a, a, a co becoming co-creative partners with the divine, right? Kind of in Netzach, we're we're still very much focused on our own, like you know, getting it done, and and but when we get when we Tra travel into 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 hood and creating space to let god in right surrendering a bit so so we become co-creative partners with the divine which allows us to actually fulfill our, or discover our purpose more because that's that's part of the equation <laughs> you know which is which is i guess an advance in the relationship because when we first started on our journey pesach night we were just kind of like okay Hashem, like i'm nothing and just, you know, take me out of Egypt because I got nothing. I got nothing left. And now we're already, we're developing ourselves in a way that now we're, we already see that, no, we're, we're also a player in this journey. Yeah, totally. Okay, so now here we're on the road trip. We're on the path. The path. We know where we're going. We have some style. Now we get to Yisod. And I kind of feel like we're getting closer to our destination. Yes, we're only a couple weeks away. Yeah. So you said is you said is 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 a really awesome and complex uh, sphere and energy. Um, you said is in the body. It's it's uh, connected to the private parts, the genitalia, which is connected to relationships and and uh, coming coming becoming intimate with somebody else. And so in this week we are 
uh, focused on healing our relationships. The reason why is because our purpose in life is directly connected to the relationships in our lives. Anyone's purpose is, no matter if it's the most exalted, lofty, you know, universal purpose in the world, that that you've just you've decided that purpose based on the people and the conversations that you've had and the relationships that you've had in your life. Whether it's a purpose that's connected to more, you know, immediate family members, it's your purpose is connected to to the relationships in your life. And so to really discover your purpose and really discover who you are and really discover your identity, which is which is really another part of the so um, you need to heal your relationships and uh, and have healthy relationships. And so we, we play around with that a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, and it's and it's 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 powerful also, I think, to note that Whereas when you said early on the word chesed, when people really think of like where relationships would fall under, you might think, oh, well, you know, chesed, kindness, loving kindness, that sounds like a good place to put relationships. But really, chesed might focus on, you know, giving and making space for another. But you're not yet necessarily early on, if you're not whole yourself, you can't ever really give of yourself in that deep way. You can give from a distance. You can say, oh, oh, you know, I'm very, very generous and let me take you under my wing. But you can't really share of yourself in, in, in a vulnerable way, in a real, you know, blending of, of two people in that, in that passionate way. And right. uh, I think that's the, the beauty of, I think, bringing in that deep aspect of relationships so far along the journey when we're so much more whole. And therefore, when we're whole, we can open up open ourselves up in that way yeah beautiful yeah, exactly and and also right so all, as you mentioned before all of these spheres are kind of make their make a small appearances in each week so so we do touch on on relationships earlier on but but um not in a not as not as a, the main focus and and I, and I think because of, of what you said, that we first need to go through a process of healing and, and redefining winning and, and all these things before we can actually become intimate with other people. Right, right. You know, as, as we've said, sexuality in the Torah, sex in the Torah is referred to as yidea, as knowledge, deep knowledge, deep mm-hmm. connection to a person in a way that you are knowing them in the deepest possible way, and you are allowing yourself to become known, you're allowing yourself to be, you know, vulnerable and open in that way. And that comes from a place of wholeness, not from a place of weakness. That now we get to the final step, the final week, Malchut. This is now the pay the fruit, the vegetation that sprouts up from the ground. How do we work on this one in the week of Malchut leading up to Shavuot? Okay, so uh, it's so funny to think about this. We're we're a few months away. <laughs> but, uh, like after this podcast, I feel like I'm just going to be ready to like jump right into Shavuot. Like, what's happening? We still have things. Right, we still got to clean. Favorite of the chametz. So um, yeah, so so you know a lot of. Um, you know, if, if people have, have gone to different seminars and or, or even just like a, a transformational journey 
right? The, the, the destination is not the discovery of your purpose. In Malchut, after the water is seeped into the earth and then come back out and revealed itself and become the, the garden and the forests and the fruit. And, and so we, we offer our fruit to, to the world. So we become leaders. Um, and, 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 and really we become representatives and ambassadors of the divine. That's really what we're doing. And that's really what Shavuot is, is about. Um, that's what the Harsinai moment was about. Um, and so in this week, we, we practice taking all of those struggles and all the lessons that we've learned and all the skills and all of our talents and all of our, all of our challenges and failings and growings and, and, we, and we bring it to the kingdom to make the kingdom healthy. You know, Malchut is, is you know, the, the kingdom. Um, and so, that, and so that's what we do. Uh, that's, so that's what Malchut is about. And it's kind of, it sounds like it's sort of like looking back at, you know, all of those individual pieces and figuring out how all of it was part of this, like this beautiful picture, you know, and, and how every, every step in the journey was necessary. Because sometimes as we're going through it, it kind of feels like it's just, you know, I have this part of my life and that part of my life and that part of my life, but it's not, it's not a picture. And then I think that that's really what maturing is all about. Like when you mature, suddenly it's like, you know, I love it. I haven't seen the movie in forever, but like the movie Slumdog Millionaire was like such a powerful, right? Wasn't, I don't know if you, you, you remember that, but here he was, he was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and he looked back at his life and all the junk in his life, everything came together for this one moment for him to become a millionaire on this show. And it was such a powerful metaphor for like bringing together all the aspects of our life. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Oh, I love this journey. Listen, this is really, really powerful. I, it's, it's incredible how, how I, that this, that, and this is your own, the water uh, metaphor, this is, that's, that's your own um, original concept of, of, of how to explain the Sefirot, correct? Yeah, I mean, I, at least I haven't seen it in uh, in a safer. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's out there somewhere. It's but I so beautiful. It's so beautiful, and it works so well. And uh, yeah, I really think that this, with the, yeah, you did a wonderful, wonderful job taking so many deep ideas and compacting it into one podcast episode, but also one one metaphor and something that gives us this uh, this visual that we can carry with us as we go through the weeks of the Omer. Thank you, thank you. So, give us a blessing just to end this off. Give us like. I'll just share. Uh, can I share a, a little bit more about the different layers? You bet. In the book. So, um, so along with with the water cycle, there's there's a bunch of other layers that are involved. So, so there's the dance of the Amidah, right? Each, each of the svirot are connected to a bracha and the Amidah in the in the silent prayer that we say three times a day. And um, and really connected to that is is one of the ways of of thinking about uh, the Shemona Esrei is is an opportunity to align with with those spirit. So we talk about that in the book a bit. Um, there's also the dance of color, right? So each of the spirit are connected to to colors, different colors, and, and so we have visualization meditations throughout the week. So for those fashionistas out there, right? You buy the book and you'll know exactly what colors to wear during each week. <laughs> 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 then uh, there's the dance of the four directions or the seven directions really 
um, each of the spheres are connected to an, a direction, and the directions have uh, have vibrational energies to them that uh, that the mystics that that the Kabbalists have talked about throughout the ages, and um, and and when we align or focus our energies in certain ways, we can we can uh, align with with the spirit. So we'll talk about that a bit. Uh, the four elements, and and you've written a, a wonderful book about the four elements. Um, yes, I got very excited about seeing that in the book as well. <laughs> and then one one of one of the one of the components that I really love is the dance of the archetypes, right? So we have uh, the seven shepherds, as as we call them. They they make appearances on 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 Sukkot. So we invite them into the sukkah, uh, and they also so each of them is connected to a sphere, and. One of this, this I learned from Rav Matz Weinberg, uh, that that very very often, you know, so Avram is Chesed and Yitzchak is Gevurah and and uh, Yaakov is Tiferet and and we kind of think of them as well, this is who they are and this is how they've lived their lives, but but actually we we meet most of these people in their seventies or eighties, and and so what I I spent a lot of time uh, in the book doing is is showing how actually most of their life they were the opposite sphere and they had to go through a process of of coming to embody the sphere that that they come to embody and represent and and i and i love i love that teaching because i think it really deepens uh the lessons that we can learn from these holy people that we're not just holding them on on pedestals and and kind of like these unattainable uh you know, ways of being, but but we're actually learning from 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 their fallings and failings and 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 journeys and growth and and all those things. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We're not learning from perfect people. We're learning from how they got to that that high place. And the Torah is taking us through those adventures. It's so easy, and especially in in, in my line of work and our line of work, you know, people come into well, you know, with an attitude, a, a, a cynical attitude and be like, oh, this and this and da, 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 da. And, and sometimes we just need to remind them, like, this is their journey. Like, don't, the Torah wasn't written as a book for you to be cynical of their behavior. It was a book for you to try to understand their struggles and what they're going through and where they're trying to get to over here. Like, they, like you're missing the point if you're just going to, you know, sit back and be a Monday morning quarterback. Yeah. So now, give us give us a blessing as we go into this holy time. Okay. So um, I give us a blessing and uh, myself as well that we can really harness this time, this time that that for the past over three thousand years, millions of people around the world have been pouring their heart and their consciousness and their intentions into these seven weeks. And have filled these seven weeks with with super potent power to to really transform our lives. And by doing this work, we should connect much deeper to ourselves, to our true selves, and through that, be able to connect to all the people in our lives, our loved ones, and beyond that, to all of the Jewish people, and beyond that, to the entire world. And and through that, really heal this world that in so many ways is, is, is so broken and, and really calling for all of us to step into Malchut, to become leaders and to bring our gifts to the world and through that to, to bring Mashiach closer and closer and closer in here. Amen. Benji, it was absolutely a pleasure getting to know you and speaking to you. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing this beautiful Torah with us. 
You too. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you'll subscribe to the podcast and you can always go to rabbishlomo.com for more great content and resources and to connect directly with me.